start what I'm hoping will be the beginning of a series that we do every month about adaptive sports. Today, for the month, of, and this will be our month of January segment, obviously, I have with me the program director for the Greek Peak Adaptive Snow Sports Program. John Cahill, welcome to Papa Bear Hikes. Let's start by telling us what the Adaptive Snow Sports Program is. What is an Adaptive Snow, snow Sports Program? Uh, good morning. Um, our Adaptive Snow Sports Program, we, uh, we work with uh, folks that are uh, both physically, physically disabled and intellectually challenged. Uh, so there's kind of, there's two sides to our sport. We have, uh, we also uh, work with uh, the Special Olympics of New York. Uh, we have about 24, 24 athletes this season, um, and uh, normally they're preparing for Special Olympics uh, uh, annual race, which is usually the last weekend in uh, February, but unfortunately due to COVID this year, we're not going to have that. But they're still training. They're good athletes. They want to train in different sports. And uh, we also work with physically challenged folks, and we have a number of apparatuses, uh, uh, sit skis, mono skis, with one ski, we have bi-skis. We have uh, uh, other pieces of equipment called sliders where the skier actually stands. And uh, through the help of this apparatus, they can stand and ski. Uh, so it really depends on... Uh, we evaluate them and see what works best for them. And we've got a, we've got some other, uh, pieces of equipment which, where we help, uh, uh, the folks depending on what their need is. Uh, you know, we have, we also have, uh, you know, we've got, uh, some of our physically disabled, uh, have cerebral palsy. So it really depends on the severity. Uh, we've, We've got one skier that started out with us when he was seven and uh, on a slider, and he could barely ski. And uh, he eventually made his way to uh, Utah trying out for the United States Paralympic team. Um, so that's our goal is to, is to uh, help these folks uh, become independent skiers as much as we can. And a lot of, a lot of families appreciate that because they want to ski with their families on a regular basis. Um, but it's interesting how they, uh, a lot of them, even though they've become independent skiers, they stay with the program because they, it's more like a family and they really enjoy it. And there's a lot of camaraderie with other skiers in the program. Well, my next question in that regard would be, you know, if somebody enjoys snow sports or watching it, but they haven't been able to get out and enjoy it for whatever reason. You know, maybe it's a disability that suddenly came on or, or they've been living with their entire life, but they're a little intimidated. Maybe they're thinking, well, I don't know if they can help somebody with my disability. What advice would you give to that person? Well, I, I think the, uh, I think the main advice would be, you know, talk to us, um, come see our program, um, 
we can evaluate whether, you know, what piece of equipment uh, that will work for you. I mean, we, we have, uh, it really depends on the physical disability. Uh, we have all sorts of aids. Uh, we've got uh, outriggers where you can be a stand-up skier and you have outriggers instead of ski poles that help you with your balance. Uh, we've got folks with missing missing a limb that are skiing with us, and those are called tri-skiers. They have one ski and they've got outriggers. Uh, so it really it really depends on the individual, um, and uh, we've we've had some great success over the years. Uh, we even have you know we have folks that uh, families that bring um, family member that really they want to experience uh, the uh, being out on the hill and they can't ski at all. And uh, we create an experience in one of our bike skis and take them up on the lift and out on the trails. It's and the families they love it. The families love it. And a lot of times, you know, the families are skiers themselves, and they can go along with our instructors when they're out on the hill. And so people, they shouldn't let that be. They shouldn't let that stop them. They should at least inquire about the program. Absolutely, absolutely. Do you have a? A particular demographic that you attract more than others? Like, are you finding it to be young people, or is it just kind of across the board from young people on up to um, people in their later years? We, you know, we have a saying: we, you know, we we have skiers from six to sixty. It's one of our sayings, and uh, so we have young kids. Uh, the minimum age is six for us. Uh, we so we have everywhere from young kids to uh, participants in their uh, 50s, 60s, it really depends. Um, uh, no, and some of our in some of our participants, they'll stay with us for a few years, but they become independent skiers and, you know, we don't see them again. And uh, occasionally they'll come back to visit. It really, it really depends on the individual. Um, and, uh, you know, skiing is... Uh, it is a lot of fun, and it's fun getting outside in the winter time. We do live in the Northeast, so it it it, it beats uh, staying home doing nothing. Are are the people you're working with? Is there do you, do you see a lot of them that are a lot of them people that are maybe trying snow sports for the first time or you know, returning for, to it? You know, uh, some of them are. Uh, you know, some of our participants are returning to snow sports where they've had. Uh, something happened to them uh, where they've had uh, either a stroke or a accident, which has prevented them from skiing, and they're coming back. So uh, it is a lot of we do have a lot of uh, folks that are returning to the ski, the sport of skiing. But this year we're seeing a lot of first-time uh, skiers, and I don't know if it's because of uh, the pandemic. They're doing something where they can get outside, uh, but it is this year has been unusual. We've had a lot of first-time uh, participants this year. That's great to hear in both regards because, you know, if you have a passion for something and then you suddenly find yourself not able to do it, it's got to be a big mental blow to somebody. I can only imagine. Uh, but what you're doing is giving them an opportunity to get back to doing something they love but there's also the opportunity for somebody that's maybe thought about doing it 
and thinking, well, I just can't do that. Well, now they, you know, you're providing them an opportunity to try something they haven't done before. It's true. You know, um, you know, a friend of mine uh, was a, uh, he's a, he's a, you know, he's a double amputee and uh, he didn't think he would ever ski. And, uh, and we got him into ski boots and we got him on the hill and we got him skiing. And it's, you know, it says a lot about uh, his drive that he wanted to, he wanted to ski and uh, he was successful at it. Uh, It's pretty amazing. Uh, You know, we like to say we change lives every day in our program. Yeah. I I would think that, right. You've got it. You're in it. You're watching people who are right. Doing something is a big step for a lot of people. It is. And, uh, you know, it takes, you know, and, and let's give due credit, a lot of courage on their part to give this a try. Uh, you know, I, I applaud, you know, anybody for trying something different. One of our missions on Papa Bear Hikes is to get people into the outdoors. Don't let your limitations stop you. And I applaud anybody for, for doing that. And, and, and that's great to hear that, that people are taking advantage of this opportunity. I'd like to change topics a little bit. And talk about funding, because, of course, it costs money. I can imagine the equipment you're using. You've got facilities. It costs money. To, you know, the ski resorts charge money for people to ski. Could you tell us a little bit about funding? You know, uh, funding for us, uh, we're, we're very fortunate. We do have a foundation that uh, funds uh, a lot of our uh, basic costs. But... Uh, you know, equipment is expensive. Uh, we we are continuously fundraising, and unfortunately, this year due to COVID, our uh, our largest fundraiser uh, is not able to take place. So we, however, we are uh, we do get uh, donations on on a regular basis that helps us, and uh, you know we we have to continually update our equipment uh, to make sure we've got. Uh, newer safer equipment and, and really some of the new equipment is 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 really uh change for the adaptive skier over the last 10 years and we have to we have to keep updating our equipment making sure everything is current yeah i'd like to ask about the equipment because of course you know it's not not as if the general public goes into a ski store and buys a set of skis and a ski and ski boots, because that could be expensive in its in itself. But are you work? Are, you, are there manufacturers or are there companies that you specifically work with and you say, okay, we need an, a piece of equipment that will allow a skier with this disability to participate? We do. We work with uh, uh, we work with a company called Enabling Tech out of uh, Denver, Colorado, on a lot of our equipment. And uh, these are uh, they're, these guys are uh, small manufacturers that are in the adaptive equipment business, and almost everything is handmade. Uh, it's, uh, nothing is uh, on the shelf type of equipment, uh, and especially you know for our sit skis, uh, the mono skis and the bi skis, uh, and they're very um, sophisticated pieces of equipment. They have to be able to not only the uh, participant not only needs to ski in them, but they also have to be able to uh, mechanically get on a chairlift to get up to the top. 
And it's a and it's a really interesting, really interesting business that these guys are in. We'll be back after a quick break. You ever think about what might be in the water you're drinking every time you fill up your water bottles while you're in the outdoors? I try not to, and I really don't because I use Sawyer water filters. Sawyer filter technology, because of their high standards, every filter is individually tested three times through the process. I've been using their permethrin product for years now to protect me from, well, quite frankly, ticks and the picaridin to keep the flies at bay. Don't let bad water, insects, or a tick bite cut your trip short or even ruin it. Use Sawyer products. Go to your local outdoor retailer and ask for Sawyer products, whether it's a water filter, insect repellent, they'll likely have it. You can also go to Sawyer's website and read more about these incredible, high-quality products that they offer those of us who enjoy the outdoors. Yeah, because, it, again, right, when you're, you're not buying something that's mass-produced, you're not opening up a catalog and saying, that's what we're buying. I mean, it's pretty much, this is, this is what we need this piece of equipment to, this is how we need this piece of equipment to operate. And, and they need to mac- pretty much manufacture it to do what you're, you're expecting it to do. That's true. It takes uh, when uh, we currently have a piece of equipment on order now, and uh, uh, I ordered it uh, probably about four weeks ago. We'll probably see it by March. Um, they're, they're like small machine shops that manufacture, and they're, they're precision manufactured, so it, it takes a while uh, for parts, especially there's a uh, one of the thing, one of the uh, items that is is you have to have for the mono skis and the biskis, they're outriggers, which are which are all which are mini skis that attach to the arms, and uh, so we have a vast we have to have a vast collection of those on hand because it depends on the person's height and ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's Greek Peak Adaptive Ski Program. What is your relationship, the program, the group, and the ski and Greek Peak? No, um, we have a great relationship with Greek Peak. Uh, we're very thankful to uh, the owners, John and Christy Meyer, the, the owners of Greek Peak, uh, Wes Krager, who is the president of Greek Peak, and they're very supportive of our program. We have our own building on site, uh, and we find it easier. We're totally, uh, obviously, we're an adaptive building, and uh, it's it's a just a great uh, advantage to have a building on Greek Peak site for our adaptive skiers. You probably feel very fortunate to have a partner like Greek Peak as well that's so agreeable to work with you. I mean, oh, they're fantastic, you know, and they really they they really do anything to help us you know, on a regular basis. Uh, they were promoting us today on their Facebook page, uh, which is which is always great. Now, you're a volunteer organization. Uh, how are you doing with volunteers? I, I spent 22 years with a volunteer organization, and that could sometimes, you know, people are volunteering. It's not, you know, you can't fire volunteers, they say. <laughs> but how do you do with attracting volunteers? You know, it's it's a challenge this year. Um, we're... We're, we're getting by this year because uh, we don't have as many clients this year because of the pandemic. Uh, but we do have a number of our, volunt- our regular volunteers who've been with us for many years who uh, are not with us this year because of the pandemic, uh, which is 
which has limited us on our capacity for uh, the number of uh, participants that we can have this year. We normally uh, we normally have about 110 volunteers, and many of them have been with us for many many years. Uh, we do have requirements to be a volunteer. You have to be comfortably you have to comfortably be able to ski uh, intermediate trails, and and uh, that's that's our biggest requirement. Uh, we'd like you to be able to ski uh, expert trails also because we do have we do have some of our uh, racers that are uh, that race, that ski on uh, the black diamonds and the double black yeah. diamonds. Yeah. So you know we're well into the ski season, maybe on the other side of it at this point. But looking at next year, 2021-22 season. How would somebody listening to this become a volunteer? I mean, is it, did, do they call Greek Peak or do they contact the program no, directly? Uh, we have our own website, gpadaptive.org, and they will see on our website uh, for, for volunteers, the, all our paperwork is, is, is up on the website. Now, that will come down at the end of the season, uh, but uh, we usually put it up in October of, uh, this year for the following season. And we also have a general meeting, uh, which is normally the first weekend in November is normally when our uh, general meeting is. And that's for, for returning volunteers and, and new volunteers. Uh, it's really important to attend our general meetings. Uh, they will learn about uh, rules, regulations that are going on, and it's much easier to uh, do all your paperwork. There is some on-site training that takes place at our general meeting, and it's it's really easier for a new volunteer to come to our general meeting. And they can keep an eye on our website for an announcement, usually in early fall when our general meeting is going to take place. With the training, a new volunteer, somebody going in fresh, they send in their application and they become a member. What could they expect for the duration of their training? Well, before somebody can somebody can become a volunteer, uh, we do a uh, we've got senior instructors that uh, will evaluate their ability, their skiing ability, uh, and. So there is an evaluation period, and then uh, if you if you pass the evaluation period with your skiing ability, your first year is, there's a lot of training the first year, and you don't actually teach the first year. You're considered a shadow. So you'll go out with experienced volunteers your first year, and you'll go out to different lessons. You and Usually regular lessons, you'll do. You'll go out with the bi skiers, you'll go out with the mono skiers, taking lessons in the sliders. Um, and it's important to learn uh, what we do and how we work with our clients. Um, now, once they've got their year, that year, that first year, is there a, a general um, what you, you know? Can they expect? How much time they'll be putting in? Is there uh, expectations from the program for a volunteer? Uh, 
there is. Uh, we really expect uh, we really expect at least 50 hours of their time, uh, and that includes uh, 12 hours of training. Um, you can qualify for a season pass with our program, uh, which uh, we have probably uh, maybe. 60 or 70 percent of our uh, volunteers have season passes and that and that gives you the advantage of the following year when what you earn your pass uh, not only you know working with the program but if you're if you want to do free skiing at Creek Peak uh, you're able to do that also okay well added benefit to knowing that you're doing a, a very humane and, and, and really giving back to people and, and helping people, but there's that added benefit. There is, it. and that's through the generosity of Greek Peak. Yeah, I, 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 yeah I, again, you have a, a partner, it sounds like, that is right there by your side trying to make this uh, as successful as possible. Yeah, I mean, the program's been at Greek Peak since 1974, so it's been there for a long time. Uh, so... What, adv you know, what advice would you give to somebody right now that's just kind of considering becoming a volunteer? What would you, you know, as they're kind of making that decision, what would you tell them to be thinking about while they're formulating that decision to take the next step? You know, I, I think, you know, for someone to volunteer, and it's not easy, find, not easy um, finding volunteers uh, anymore. Uh, and I think if you're considering becoming a volunteer, you know, you, you have to look at um, it's really an amazing program, and I think you're working with any adaptive program. Uh, you're helping you're helping people that normally would not be able to get outside and do things, and you're you're really making a difference by volunteering. And I think that uh, I think volunteerism uh, should be something everybody should consider. Yeah, and especially a skier, um, because there's nothing like giving back to the sport you, that you love and helping other people. Yeah, it reminds me of something my father once told me in regards, regards to volunteering, is that, you know, he said, you do it because all of us have received help from somebody somewhere along the way, okay? It may have been that teacher giving a little extra time, staying after class to help you, or a coach giving you extra attention or a neighbor but we all receive some help from somebody somewhere and we should be paying it back the way we you know the way we pay that back is to volunteer ourselves the way we show our gratitude is we go and volunteer we give our services somewhere we help someone else you know that's true you know i'm really impressed uh with a lot of the young people today we do have a lot of young volunteers and i'm really i'm really impressed at the number of young volunteers that come to our program um, uh, due to the fact that there are three colleges uh, within uh, 20 minutes of Creek Peak and I, it's really impressive that the young people today do have a sense of volunteerism and uh, they're the future of our program and a lot of them start, a lot of our you know young volunteers that have been with us for many many years and you know now they're they're older, and uh, we could not do the program without a lot of our young volunteers that we have today. That's great to hear that young people are getting involved because we need that, you know. And it's, it may sound cliche-ish, but 
they are the future. They're the people that are going to be carrying the mantle. And if if they if they're not volunteering, we're going to reach a point, and we're seeing this in some volunteer organizations. We're going to reach a point where we're going to run out of volunteers. Um, some of the hiking organizations that I have an association with, they're reaching that point where they're just they can't seem to attract young people to go out and do chores like trail maintenance. And some of these people are now getting up there in years, um, and it's becoming more and more difficult. Uh, so yes, any 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 young people that are listening to this, you know, regardless of your interest, there's a need for volunteers, and and it's refreshing to hear you're doing well attracting young people. You know, we are we're very lucky, um, and like you said, they are the future of uh, of our of every organization, young volunteers, and. Uh, you know, our, we have a lot of senior volunteers, and you need the young volunteers. They do a lot of physical, they do a lot of physical uh, lifting, and uh, it's it's uh, great to have uh, a lot of new volunteers. So, in closing, John, if you wouldn't mind, could you again give us any information regarding social media or a website people can go to to learn more about Greek people? Now, uh, we do have our own website, gpadaptive.org, where you can find out information about our program. We also have a uh, Facebook page, GP Adaptive. Um, and if anyone is interested for next season volunteering, please keep us in mind. Uh, and, you know, check out our history on, we've got, Photographs and everything on our website, and I think uh, it's, I think by volunteering, you will change lives. John Cahill, Director of the Adaptive Snow Sports Program at Greek Peak, thank you very much for coming on Papa Bear Hikes. Uh, I hope this inspires some of you to go out there and try something different. Don't feel limited by your, whether, you know, physically or we can erase limitations. You, you heard this for people that are considering snow sports. For other people out there, find something to do. Volunteer. Give something back. And go out and please be safe. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please feel free to leave a review. If you found it helpful or useful or just entertaining, let us know. We can be contacted at PapaBearHikes at gmail.com. Or check us out at Papa Bear Hikes 01 on Instagram. Thanks for listening. Get outside and have a great day. This episode of Papa Bear Hikes has been brought to you by Avalon Publicity. Avalon Publicity, increasing the digital footprint of content creators and skilled professionals via website development and social media services. For more information about Avalon Publicity, go to their website, avalonbusiness.org. That's avalonbusiness.org.